if you have a country where you don't have readily access to CT scans, for instance, in the case of lung cancer, would a breath test, if it's validated for lung cancer, would that be an acceptable alternative, for instance? Welcome to Rarified Air, stories of inspired service. Our host, John Palladino, head of client services at InterSystems, will use his 40 years of experience to show you how to build a successful customer service program and highlight stories of innovation with customers. Join us as we explore the past, present, and future of service, from AI's promise to the enduring power of the human touch. Welcome to Rarified Air. In this podcast, I like to talk about customers that inspire me and provide insights into the innovations behind these inspirations. So with me today, I'm doubly inspired because I have two guests. This is a podcast first for me, all the way from the Netherlands from a company called Enos. It's not a startup. It's really more of a scale up. And with me today is the CEO of Enos, Andre Elans. And with him, Professor Job van der Pellen. Welcome, Andre. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, your interests. I'm uh, Andre Elans. I'm the CEO of the Enos company. I have a background in applied physics at the University of Eindhoven. And I have a background in industrial engineering and healthcare management from the University of Twente. And that makes me a Haven alumni of the University of Twente because the whole company exists of alumni of Twente. So I could be part of that. I'm married, I have two children, I am living in the east of the Netherlands. And one of my favorite sports is water polo. Water polo, excellent. Welcome and thank you for coming all this way. Professor? Well, you can call me Job. My name is Job van der Palen. I'm a clinical epidemiologist. I was trained originally as a PE teacher, but unfortunately there was no work when I finished my studies. So I went back to university and then I became an epidemiologist, which of course is a logical switch. And I've been doing research with Andre's company since 2014. And we do a lot of research on the interface between health and technology. That's because we're a big hospital and we're next door to a technical university. So yeah, health and technology is what fascinates me. So this podcast is going to be a lot about innovation. I want to hear more about how you scale up. And just to share with the listeners, this is about smell. I don't know how you could do smell on a podcast, but we're going to see how this goes. Andre, please tell us about Enos and what Enos is, what your mission is. The Enos is, an, uh, is a platform supported by AI, and we use exhaled breath to distinguish for, uh, uh, for patients between sick and not sick people. And all this information is hidden in the exhaled breath. Interesting. I want to hear more about this. Job, I know you're an expert in this area. We've had uh, dogs that smell for bombs and you know all kinds of things related to scent. Could you break it down for us? How does this work? Okay, so imagine you're going to the airport with your suitcase and you're walking along and all of a sudden there's this guy with this dog and the dog barks at your suitcase and you go like, oh, damn. I hate when that happens. So how do they train these dogs? Say you have this new sniffer dog that's going to be trained. They put a lot of suitcases in a room and the dog walks around. He doesn't know what to do. But at some point he will either sit next to a suitcase or he'll bark. And if there's an illegal substance in there, then he gets a cookie. And then he thinks, oh, that's a nice cookie. I want another one. So he'll sit next to another suitcase. And if there's no illegal substance in it, he doesn't get a cookie. 
So the dog gets a little bit confused until he sits to, next to the third suitcase and then there is an illegal substance and he gets another cookie. And this doesn't take long for a dog to realize it's not about the suitcases, it's about what I smell. And this is also basically how you train an electronic nose. You just put a lot of smells or exhaled breaths in an algorithm and you tell the computer, this is a smell or an exhaled breath pattern that fits a disease. And this is an exhaled breath pattern that doesn't fit the disease. And go figure it out. So this is interesting. This begins to marry what you were talking about between technology and healthcare. Tell us more about the impact in healthcare. I think in various ways. When I look at it from the patient's perspective, uh, to give you an example, we are at the moment also training an electronic nose for rheumatoid arthritis. Say you have rheumatoid arthritis, and at some point you have an exacerbation of your inflammation. So you have your little joints are get red, warm, a bit swollen. So normally you would have to go back to your rheumatologist, which can be quite a ways away. Now imagine you have this electronic nose in the future, in every village, a patient can go there, can do a breath test, and the rheumatologist can, from a distance, see, oh, yeah, no, it's, I don't know what your complaints specifically are, but it's not to do with your rheumatoid arthritis. Or, yes, you definitely have an increased inflammation, and I'm going to prescribe this drug. So the patient doesn't have to come to the office all the way. And if you have larger countries like the United States, distances can be really prohibitive to visit a clinic. Another example would be if you have a country where you don't have readily access to CT scans, for instance, in the case of lung cancer, would a breath test, if it's validated for lung cancer, would that be an acceptable alternative, for instance? And it's definitely cheaper. And if you look at the sensitivity of the test, how well the ENOS identifies people with lung cancer, it performs roughly the same as a CT scan. So this could have huge impact because early detection is key, right? And it does detect also the early stages of lung cancer. So stage one and two, just as good as stage three and four. Wow, that's amazing. So you, you could save lives. Potentially, yes, if this is implemented, yes. Wow, this is really, this is really inspirational. <laughs> So with new innovation, new technology, you know, people at first don't trust it. So what, if, what do clinicians think about this? That's a very good question. They were very, very skeptical in the beginning because we told them we don't know what we're smelling, but we only know if we train the model, because it's an algorithm, if we train it correctly, it will give the correct answers. But we don't know what the correct answer is based on, basically. And that for them is really weird. If they see the result over and over again, and they see that the model is always, almost always correct, they start believing. And I think that's the way we have to go. We did this study where we validated this exhaled breath analysis for lung cancer. We did this with a few of the really big hospitals in the Netherlands, and those will be the forerunners because they have been convinced during this study period that took quite a few years that this can really work. So you're really in the hard work phase to build up the business and convince people that this is really sound technology. It's disruptive, as you were saying, Yob, but it's really has a lot of promise. And doctors are starting to trust this, which is even better. What's the impact on doctors and clinicians in the future? Sometimes a diagnosis is really difficult. For instance, multiple sclerosis, MS, is a really difficult diagnosis. It can take up to a year sometimes to really have the diagnosis ready. 
And we're doing a study now, and we've done a pilot study before, where we can show that we can actually smell MS. So that's one aspect. That already will help the clinician because they can start appropriate treatment earlier. But then once they're treated, you start treating a patient with MS, and it can take up to six months before you can actually decide whether this specific treatment has an effect. And because what this Eno smells is what's called volatile organic compounds, and they're a result of your metabolism. So if we can smell before a patient starts with therapy, and then do again a breath test after a couple of weeks, and again after a couple of months, and we see the metabolism changing, it will definitely change because of the drugs. But if we can then decide based on following a lot of, of patients, that in the patients that actually do respond to the therapy, this is the change, and the patients that do not respond to the therapy, we see this change. And then we can perhaps after a month or two months already decide, this is not the right therapy for this patient, and we switch therapies, because there's various options. There must be huge value to a clinician. And patients, both. Andre, what's your view of the business, you know, five to 10 years out? What would you like to see? What we are doing for the moment, we are building a bridgehead in the Netherlands, which means we have done all a lot of clinical studies in the Netherlands. One of it is, uh, is lung cancer, which is validated, and that will be the first indication, and that will be the bridgehead for us for uh, the Netherlands, but for Europe and for further worldwide. So that's, I think, phase number one. And uh, we get already requests from Middle East. We get uh, requests from low-income countries. We get a lot of requests for tuberculosis because we do a lot of tuberculosis studies worldwide. So I think these are the, the steps to make. So then we have to decide how to scale up. And to scale up, there are a certain components to have ready. And one of the components is that your hardware can be scaled up. So we have found a company who can do that. We have to be sure that all the data, everything which is data-driven, can be scaled up. There's where InterSystems comes in and helps us to get uh, access to the uh, electronic medical records, so to give the information to the hospitals. So these are the components for the scale-up. If that is uh, fixed, then you can really grow. And that's our future plan. I don't know the story, actually. How did we come together? How did you meet InterSystems and... There was a, a very a clear point because we have validated lung cancer. So we wanted to start more on a regular base in some hospitals. And one of these hospitals was the, was the MC Leeuwarden, Medical Center in Leeuwarden. And we get along with the physician very well and he helped us, supports us in the hospital. And then the question come, can your data, can that be stored in our system, in our electrical uh, medical record? And then our question was, how does it work exactly? <laughs> we have not really a good idea about it. We know about the uh, electronic uh, uh, medical record system, but we had no idea how to come there. And we were uh, looking and digging on the internet, and uh, we found InterSystems. At that time, Henny was an old colleague of Robert Egermond, and that's why how it uh, came uh, along very easy, because these guys uh, know each other very well from, the, from history. So they connected, and there we go. Oh, that's fantastic. I am so glad that our paths crossed. So, Andre, tying this back to inspired service and long-term collaboration, we're really just getting started on that journey. How are we doing so far? And do you have any stories where you know things worked or didn't work? And, and then lastly, what do you need in the future? So far, so good. It works till now very well. 
And we really hope to continue that. And I think one of the difference where we found with US intersystems is that there is no pressure put on us to deliver, to go ahead. So I think that is a, that goes on a very natural behavior. It's like that we are a partner of you, a close partner, which uh, helps us in a way that we should do it in the same way. So I think from a cultural standpoint, I think there's a, a pretty well fit with each other. And I think that's the reason why we are here. Oh, that's great to hear. We always have a long-term view on partnerships and you know, it's about your success. When you're successful, the money will take care of itself. We focus on building great products, building great services, and we're really, truly passionate about client success. And I'm definitely passionate about yours. Yeah, and that's exactly what we had to figure out. And that's what we found. Yes, exactly. How do you feel about the challenges so far and, you know, the future ahead and how can we help? I think we are just started. I think the, the key word here is accessibility. And I think that's what the U.S. in the systems gives to us. We can go to much more regions, countries, accessibility for much more patients is there and possible. And I think that's the biggest gain we have, the ease for patients and access to the healthcare system. Well, it's great that we got an opportunity to get started. And yes, in healthcare, we know a thing or two about interoperability. So our listeners, I know, are going to be intrigued. And I don't think they want to end this story with this podcast, Andre. If they want to follow along on your path to success, what's your advice to the listeners? Yes, it's too early to run to the doctor and ask for an exhaled breast test. Not for the moment, but that will come. And I think people, patients, I think they are the key persons in this process. They have to ask for it. And if they ask, if many more people will ask for it, then it will move much better, much faster. Go to patient advocacy groups and tell them what the options are and how well an exhaled breast test can help you. So I have a question for both of you. And again, this is fun doing a podcast with two guests. <laughs> so Joab and Andre, the same question to both of you. You know, at the end of the day, assuming this is you know, as successful as it possibly can be, what does that look like to you? Okay, let me start. Say you're a patient with certain symptoms and the physician doesn't exactly know what they represent. Until now, they have this whole list of blood tests. They can check off on a checklist. I want this and this and this and this and this and this test be done. We'll draw some blood, we send it to the lab and we'll get a result. Say if everything works out the way we hope, in the future, they will have an ENOS device and they will check various diseases that are possible given the complaints the patient reports. So with increased shortness of breath, the physician can say, well, let's use the ENOS to check for lung cancer, pulmonary embolisms, heart failure, COPD exacerbation. Go ahead, use the ENOS. That's great. Andre, would you add anything to that? Yes, I think this will be the biggest game changer in over decades if this works like like Job describes. This huge change in healthcare. Absolutely. It's a great disruptive innovation, especially in diagnostics. Well, I have to tell you, we are so committed to the ENOS success. We are on this journey every step of the way. And for listeners that want to hear more about ENOS, connect with me on LinkedIn because I'm going to be sharing stories as I hear them. And I'm definitely tuned in. InterSystems has been around for a long time, 45 years, in fact. And it's great to have a past. It's so much better to have a future. And Job and Andre, 
You are the future. Thank you for being with me here today. It's truly an honor and I am inspired. Thank you. It's my pleasure. My pleasure too. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or want to hear from a specific guest, email us anytime at inspiredservice at intersystems.com. And when you're ready to unlock the potential of your data and experience the transformative power of support done differently, go to intersystems.com. 